Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. As we welcome you along to the last programme of the week, very interested in people's thoughts and comments on the GAA and their warning that they will bring sanctions against any clubs that are involved in any form of competition for players under the age of 12. Now, this is getting a lot of media attention at the moment because it seems an email from GAA headquarters at Croke Park was sent out to all clubs around the country outlining that at under 12 level and any age group under the age of 12, there is a complete ban on all forms of competition, on blitzes or any kind of event that will involve knockout stages. And there's also a ban on any sort of event where you would be handing out winner's medals and runner-up medals where you're handing out any form of trophies, any form of awards or any form of uh, prizes. Also, the keeping, recording or publishing of scores at under 12 level is also forbidden. Now, the move once again is going to stoke up and it is stoking up this debate. I've been watching it last yesterday evening, certainly on social media. There's a huge debate over whether they should be, there should be a facility for competition at a younger grade than currently exists. I mean, with the as it stands, all football and hurling games, and I'm assuming it's the same for uh, camogie and uh, ladies football, once it's played at under 12 level or below, it gets played under the banner of Go Games. And under the banner of Go Games, the intention is that all of the pl- matches and the games that are played, that they're all non-competitive. The Go Games initiative. Now, this is a new, this has been around for several years and it has been part of the GAA's bid to try to tackle this practice of teams just nurturing the best players. And then, of course, what happens is they neglect the rest. And we would have heard over the years of of, of parents complaining because the children are very upset because the children don't make the team because they're not good enough and they just don't get a chance and if they you know some parents would say well if you give them a chance they might get a little bit better and there's actually a section if you go to the GAA's official website there is actually a section that states under the banner of Go Games every child gets uh, to play every child gets to play in every game and for the full game and they say children participating in Gaelic games or they do participate for a number of reasons in the main they get involved with their GAA club to have fun to play with their friends and obviously there is a level then of parental encouragement it, uh, it cites a lack of 
fun, a lack of perceived competence and overemphasis on the competitive outcome. That usually comes from the coaches. Now, the accepted also comes from the parents and they cite that as reasons why children drop out of sports. And we have heard on this programme a very overzealous parents on the sideline. The GAA mammies can, can really get involved in trying to encourage their children but sometimes it can just get out of hand. So the GAA say for too long the practice in sport has been to just 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 trying to identify and cultivate the talented and the best players and the elite teams at younger and younger ages. They say it, there's a tendency to nurture the perceived best but then neglect the rest. That, they say, has contributed to adult training and adult playing conditions being imposed on younger players. For children's games, coaches, they say, must reassess the balance between the need to win games and to win cups and medals versus the need to develop players and to recognise the importance of fair play. GAA clubs and counties are now being told that any club either hosting or attending a blitz at underage level or below will be required to make an online application to the County Games Development Development Manager for approval. And a spokesperson for the GAA confirmed to the Irish Independent that it has sent out this email to all clubs around the country saying there's, there isn't anything new in this. They're just sending it out as a, a reminder. All of these rules and, and everything under this banner of Go Games have been in place for quite a good number of years. So it's a reminder or a doubling down. So... They're not saying that they're hearing about competitions and blitzes and knockout competitions happening. Um, But the fact that this email has come almost out of the blue when it's been in place for a number of years, you wonder, has there been some complaints to Croke Park from some maybe parents saying that they are doing blitzes at under 12 uh, level? So... The arguments then for and against it, you've got some people dismissing this as nonsense from the snowflake generation, the people that believe that there should be medals for all and that everyone should win and that everybody is the same. And the argument that's put forward is do children need to learn to win and to lose in order to nurture resilience, for example. The argument being that they won't always win in life. And do team sports, do they have a role in setting children up for what are and will be life's many challenges. Are is being part of a team all about bringing others along, feeling part of a group. And when you're under 12 and you're playing football or you're playing hurling, it's all about the enjoyment. It's all about having fun. And it certainly is not about sitting miserably at the side of the sidelines, watching all of the other, the better, the perceived better players uh, playing. And remember, there is actual evidence there that the longer you can keep children in sport and keep them off all the electronic devices, the better it is for their mental and physical well-being. And of course, the longer you can keep these young people in sport at that under 12 age group, the the better it is that they will stick with it when they are teenagers. But your thoughts are welcomed. Would you be with the GAA on this one on under the banner of Go Games that under 12 should be all about playing you know, getting is getting and honing your skills and becoming the best that you can be at whatever sport it is. Are should life 
should there be life lessons even at under 12 the one thing I worry about is that if you're doing this for under 12 so you've got children playing uh, there's never a score kept they're never told who's won and who hasn't won and then suddenly they wake up on the morning that they're moving up to under 13 and suddenly they have to develop all of these resilience skills and suddenly they have to learn what it is like to actually uh, lose. Mike says my six year old daughter has just started playing camogie. I welcome this decision by the GAA participation is key not uh, winning uh, games and we wish your daughter the best of luck uh, in uh, camogie and it's great to get children at such a young age involved in sport and somebody else is saying uh, that that Dublin family who took the case against the GAA they've welcomed this uh, decision and that's the the O'Farrells they were a family in swords in County Dublin they actually took the GAA their local GAA club to the High Court and that that, that was after a coach they organised an, an elite tournament for under nines and what happened to the O'Farrells was they had two boys under the age of nine and they didn't make the team they were excluded it was some kind of a blitz I'm assuming that was organised they were going to be travelling to Newry in County Down and you can imagine the excitement of everybody getting on the bus and going and then suddenly it was decided that there was only an elite team going and the O'Farrells two little boys didn't make it onto their team so they took a high court case against the the um, their their local club now it was settled in the High Court in February after talks between both sides but they've come out the O'Farrells have come out uh, today and they are saying thrilled to see that the GAA are doubling down on the the Go Games initiative and you know saying that it was introduced to combat this problem of ultra competitiveness whereby uh, teams are only nurturing the best and that they're leaving out uh, the rest so she was uh, and they're already the O'Farrells are already saying that they're seeing that the ethos in play they were watching a recent under 10s match and they said it was fantastic to see whereby the opposition coaches from a West Dublin team were taking the time to encourage children from both teams to develop their skills during the match and then the children from both teams really got to enjoy themselves and they completely took the competitive edge out of it so they're very much welcoming it uh, as well 0818103103 competitions today on the programme we're wrapping up two competitions that we've been running all uh, week we will be later on today on the programme getting our final qualifier for the Mallow Homes and Garden Festival which is kicking off today and today we'll be announcing the winner of our 500 euro voucher for Dulux paint with a colour consultant available to come out your home uh, to help you pick your colour scheme and actually I heard Barry on the news talk about the Mallow Home and Garden Festival which is opening today and that's prompted Tony to send in a text as you will be talking about the Mallow Home and Garden Festival today Patricia just to give a shout out that the Vintage Car Show which is a big big attraction every year at the festival they would be collecting for the Cork Parkinson's Association over the weekend and Tony says they want to give John O'Sullivan and his team a big thank you for your support to the Cork Parkinson's Association so if you're anywhere near the Vintage Show they will be collecting for the Parkinson's Show thank you for that Tony and I hope that you are keeping well and also on the programme today our final fit bit will be given away in association with the Irish Heart Foundation trying to remind all of us that we need to get our blood pressure checked at least once a year at your GP or at your uh, pharmacy we'll give away our final Fitbit and then we'll put the five names into the hat and one lucky listener will be getting a €250 voucher for Hotel Kilkenny that's all to come on the programme today now you can contact us via the C103 app if you don't already have our app download it now from the App Store. 
and still getting in comments on the on the GAA and this email that's been sent out to all the clubs to remind all of the clubs that's been in now for don't know how many years it has been in for, uh, but that all all matches under the age of. Uh, under 12 must go under the Go Games banner which is intended to be non-competitive and obviously that's not the case everywhere because a listener says well it's certainly not the case my 10 year old doesn't want to play camogie anymore the reason why is she's been left on the sideline too many times so is there and I don't know where what camogie club this little girl is in but that's exactly what the Go Games is saying shouldn't happen the under the section if you go onto the GA official website it states under the banner of Go Games every child gets to play in every game for the full game so yeah I'm starting to get suspicious that the reason that the GAA are sending out these reminder emails as they say it's just a reminder or a doubling down I'm wondering are they starting to get complaints in uh, from uh, people uh, Dennis says he's wondering though will this new rule affect uh, Rebel Oak as many who play this competition are 12 years of age and are they in the under 12 section then or does that put them under 13 I mean I don't know how when you hit the age of 12 do you then go under 13 anyway uh, Dennis says the Rebel Oak is certainly a very competitive uh, league and matches are played in Porky Cueve will the new ruling affect this league it isn't a new ruling you see Dennis it has been in for quite some time Um, and also Ski in the Skull which is taking place this week teams win and lose all of the time in Ski in the Skull so what's going to happen there 0818 uh, 103 103 now a family owned shop in North Cork has issued a warning to other local business owners after being scammed they're also using social media to call out the people responsible. Uh, to explain to us what happened, I'm joined by Gary Martin of Horgan's Food Store in Buttevant. Uh, good morning to you, Gary. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, how are you? Uh, sorry, there was a button press there. Um, you're, you're welcome. Now, this scam and what happened in your shop occurred, I believe, last Monday when two men came into the shop. Can you just outline to listeners what happened? Um, so yeah, two guys came into the shop and they picked up a couple of groceries and they asked me for a hundred euro paysafe card. Um, and I said I'd have to take cash for the paysafe. And he says, yeah, yeah, no problem. But I also had uh, groceries that they wanted to pay with card. So they kind of know the system that we have. The card machine and the payzone machine are one, so we can't use them both at the same time. So I had to print the receipt off first before I could take payment of the groceries. Um, so, yeah, he didn't have money on his card and he didn't have money in his pocket. So, he seemed like a two decent guys, but one of them took a photo of the PaySafe number. <laughs> um, now, I suppose you need to explain to people what are these PaySafe vouchers? They're similar to a phone top-up where it was a digital number that corresponds to a value which can be used to purchase things online or or towards betting accounts and stuff like that, which is most common that people would use them for. But yeah, purchases online, it's the top voucher. So it's as good as cash? Yeah, yeah. That's why we kind of pay zone prompts you to take cash uh, straight away. But obviously they know the system. And it was a bit, a bit of naivety from me as well. 
but um, they, they know how to play the system by having two different kind of transactions that they want to process as one. They knew we had to wait for the the machine to become available before I could use the card machine. And of course, when they give you a card then to pay for the groceries, that yeah. get, that got declined. Did that, that, yeah. That, yeah that so there's declined. a lot there's a lot going on, and at this stage, the PaySafe voucher is on the counter. Very easy for them just to take a quick snap of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of so it hasn't changed hands. It's on the counter in front of me. But um, when I went back on the CCTV, I kind of said to myself that something wasn't quite right <laughs> um, during it. And obviously when they left the scene, I went back on the camera and you could see the second guy leaning over the first guy's shoulder to take a photo of of the voucher code. So God, they're, 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 they're good at what they do, aren't they? Oh, yes, they are, yes. <laughs> they they've I'm assuming they've done it plenty of times and they've done it tried a couple of times since. And did they then go away saying, Oh, we'll come back with the money? Was that their yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I followed them. I when I walked out, they walked out, I walked out after them and before I could even see the the last couple of digits on the registration, they were gone. And then you got suspicious straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to cancel the voucher? I was able to email Payzone, but it was gone before. It was used before I got a chance to cancel it. So it was done immediately. And that's it? You're, you're out for the €100? Euro. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately so, but that's, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. Um, for me and other retailers, we just have to put it down to a loss. And it's my naivety as well, but... Um, from the Facebook post, <laughs> in my eyes, the hundred euros is kind of well spent. <laughs> okay, you, you put it because you have very. Go- have to say, I saw your Facebook post. You've got very good CCTV. Yeah, I do. Yeah, like it isn't yeah, grainy. Yeah. It's, it's very clearly you can. If anybody knows who these guys were, you'd be very, very well able to identify them. Did other shop owners say they recognised them and they had been done as well? We've had a few messages from people that shop owners that they were in the area and they were refused, and other shop owners that weren't so lucky, similar to me, that were caught. You know, they're covering a quite a big area, and I know they were in Croom uh, on Wednesday, and they were in Comedian as well. So you know, they're covering a, a decent area of of, of Munster. This is their full-time job, Gary, isn't it? I mean, literally, this is their full-time job going around the country trying to scam as many people as they can. Quite possibly, yeah. If they're getting two or three hits a day, that's my that's money every day. Yeah, yeah. Did you contact the Gardaí? The guards contacted me. <laughs> okay. All right, because you jumped straight on social media to try and put a warning out to other people and to see if you could get these guys to come back with your money, even though I was thinking you'd have no hope of that. So the, what did the Gardaí say when they contacted you? Um, so I handed over the CCTV footage and any detailed registration and obviously the, the usual the usual things that the guards will look for. Um, obviously they won't say anything back to me because <laughs> um, that's that's their business but um, I can only supply them with the information I have. Did you get the car, Reg? Oh, you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, but they, they could be false number plates. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Quite possible. It's very easy to do. So, um, yeah, I just hope that I suppose other retailers know what's 
what's going on um, and protect themselves from it. And I suppose wait for payment before you print the voucher? Yeah, 100%. Take cash, have cash in your hand before you print the voucher. Yeah, because taking a card is no good because even though the card might go through, that could be a stolen card or anything and you could lose on the card. Is that why you mm-hmm. go with cash? Yeah, with, with, even with card, if you could, you can ring up the bank and tell them that that card, I don't recognise that transaction and that, can, that payment can get stopped also. So yeah, cash is, cash is king in that scenario. Wow, and business is is tough enough, um, Gary, at the moment. I've spoken with you in the past. Was it electricity or a gas bill I spoke with you about? Electricity, yeah, electricity. back in January, yeah. How has is, how is that panned out across the year? Um, good thing is it's coming down. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we sit with providers and it's, it's, been, it's going in the right direction. Um, obviously, we're, we're going on a downward curve and hopefully that curve will doesn't bottom out and start increasing in the next couple of months. So, um, yeah, the cost, cost of living, electricity and stuff like that is coming down. But unfortunately, the cost of products is still increasing. You probably see all over the news and newspapers that the cost of groceries is steadily increasing, which is unfortunate for us. And there's constantly questions asked about transparency. Who's, who's making all the money on it, Gary? Someone's making it. Um, obviously, everybody gets their their, their margin um, from the manufacturers, the distributors, to the transport companies. Everybody takes the cut, takes a slice of the cake. Obviously, the someone's getting a, a massive slice of the cake. Yeah, yeah. If we could just find out who is getting the massive uh, slice. All right, listen, Gary, I think well done for going public, though, to alert other people in the hope that we can stop these scam artists and that eventually they will get caught. And in the meantime, thank you for joining us and have a good weekend. You too. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. That is uh, Gary Martin of Horgan's Food Store in Buttermint Cautionary Tale. For anybody listening to us who has a shop, uh, particularly if you sell those pay safe vouchers, to just be very, very careful until you have the money in your hand. Do not print off the voucher. People in East Cork are still very upset about the proposed closure of the Onakura Mental Health Facility in Middleton, with many simply not understanding the logic behind the decision. To talk about the results of a recent Mental Health Commission uh, um, inspection of the centre, I'm joined by local independent councillor Liam Quaid, who continues to advocate for keeping Onakura open. Good morning, Chileem. Morning, Patricia. And uh, you're you're welcome. Now, a glowing report by all accounts. Yeah, it has to be said that overall it's a very favourable report. And I think the standout um, statistic from it is that the uh, compliance rating for uh, the, the Mental Health Commission for Onakora is 90%. So that's particularly high. Um, and it stands very much in contrast with uh, the long-stay wards in St. Stephen's Hospital, which are rated at 70%. And a, a similar facility in the city, St. Catherine's Ward, at 74%. And I think what's very striking about all of this is that um, from the very outset, um, in a letter actually to residents from local management in June 2021, Mental Health Commission concerns were cited as one of the main reasons for closure. Um, and um, both of those facilities that I just mentioned, St. Stephen's and St. Catherine's, have actually been offered to many of the clients in, in Onakura as um, alternative settings. 
And not only um, were they lower in compliance ratings, but they're also a far outside East Cork. Um, they involve, you know, dormitory style accommodation, sometimes sharing rooms. They're they're on, on hospital campus um, grounds, so they're not integrated in community in 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 a community like Onakura is. So I think this latest report just really adds to the the sense of you know moral absurdity about disclosure. Yeah, and it um, seems and very hard to justify the closure when you see a report uh, like that. And, and of course, the, the residents who have lived there, many have, have lived there for many years. It, it's not as simple as just saying to somebody, you're moving house, you've got to move to a new area. These are people who uh, have recognised mental health issues. Trying to get them to feel settled and, and integrated into a new area and into an, a new community that's a difficult task, Liam, and 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 I'm I'm saying that to you in your role as a, as a clinical psychologist. Yes, uh, when people with this level of complex needs take up residency in services like Onakura, it can actually, even though that that can be a very progressive move, um, as it has been for many who moved, say, from Our Lady's Hospital, it can actually take years of painstaking therapeutic work, uh, usually with a number of clinicians uh, over time. For them to feel settled and to integrate in the local community and you previously had uh, mary hurley speaking on your show about that being a very complex process for her sister so t- taking away a service like this uh in in middleton in in such a crude fashion is it really is like ripping out the foundations of a support system for many of these residents and it really should only be happening as an emergency measure and as a temporary measure to resolve to resolve building issues um, it must be said that the HSC, under pressure from our campaign, uh, have acquired a property in Middleton uh, for three residents. Okay. And while that's welcome, it's a fraction of the provision that's needed. They also have stated that they're they're committed to building a new service uh, for for ten people. And while you know we wouldn't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, I think we have to come back again to what does that actually mean? What's the practical reality of that? for residents who need continuity of care. And, you, you know, if we're talking about a brand new service, we're talking about a very lengthy and complicated capital projects program uh, process, uh, usually a complicated planning process. And as of a couple of weeks ago, the HSC had not even identified a site, nor had they acquired, um, nor had they secured capital funding. So this is looking like a project that will take many years to come to pass. And, even and you, that, you, you and others are of the view that we have this building, we have Onakora, reinvest in Onakora rather than going out and considering building on a greenfield site. Well, I'm, I'm not a building expert, but my, my um, former Green Party colleague, uh, Nessa Horrigan, is and she visited Onakora. She visited St. Stephen's. She studied the building reports for Onakora and, and St. Stephen's actually in detail. And she concluded that the building issues in Onakura are no more insurmountable than the building issues in other services. And if we were to say, you know, we have to go for a nuclear option of absolutely, you know, replacing the building entirely, you still would have to provide interim provision um, over the intervening years in in a local setting. You can't just, um, you know, make that kind of crude decision in June 2021 and disperse people and the, the original plan, as I discovered through an FOI, was to place as many um, residents as possible in St. Stephen's Hospital. Um, so there was never a, a kind of a, a plan from the outset that really um, amounted to 
a, a, you know, a service that was that was come anyway close to meeting the needs of these residents who had, you know, spent many years um, putting down connections in, in, in East Cork and, and many years of building up their confidence and their sense of security and uh, integration in, in the local community. Um, so while, it, you know, any any proposal for a new service is always going to be welcome, but we have to look at what, what is going to be happening in the meantime. And mm. what I would propose to HSC is that rather than um, plowing ahead with our current plan of um, replacing facilities in St. Stephen's and St. Catherine's, which is part of their, their capital project plan, I would say to them that um, these settings are at odds with the UN Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities. They're at odds with a vision for change. And what they should be doing is um, developing new community services in Cove, Yall, and Middleton. And they are, it seems, uh, committing to Middleton, but we need them in every major town. Just as in North Cork, as I've said here before, we have uh, we have very well-established services in, in Mallow, Kenturk, and Fermoy. Um, and that's what's needed, and that's what would be in keeping with uh, government policy and on the, 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 you know, the need for people with high dependency, um, complex issues to be able to integrate in their community. And uh, talk to me about the the residents. We're coming up to now. I, I, I was taken aback when when I knew you were joining me on the program. I was refreshing my memory about Onakori yesterday, and was, was shocked to see it was June of 2021. So we're coming up to nearly two <coughs> years since that yep. announcement was made. It's hard to believe that it's two years already. How many residents continue to live there? There are six residents remaining. And, uh, out um, of? Out of 20. Now, the HSE have always stated that it was 19 residents, but I discovered, again through an FOI, um, that one resident was on temporary leave at the time the closure was announced. And actually, one of the managers stated to another manager that they should really be referring to 20 residents. So I, I think that's an act- a more accurate figure. So and the, remaining and the other 14 have, have found what so my, suitable? M- my understanding is that six um, have been transferred to nursing homes and then the, the rest, it's been a kind of a mix of, of services, which includes St. Stephen's and St. Finbar's, um, no, it's, it's, uh, St. Catherine's Ward and St. Finbar's. While it, it has been a relatively small number of, of residents who have uh, gone to St. Stephen's and, and um, St. Finbar's, it should be noted that many other uh, residents were offered uh, those facilities and I, I would I would think that the very strong family representation that some of those residents had um, has meant that they've been able to to hold out in Onakura uh, for for an option that's really more suited to their needs. And the, and the residents that have remained and I'm sure some of the ones that have already left uh, want mm. to remain in Onakura. I mean where is our rights based, person-centred approach, which is advocated by the HSE mm. for these people? Well, this is the key question. And it, it was noted in the latest Mental Health Commission report that um, from their point of view, from the Commission's point of view, the service met the needs of residents and their families. And I'm quoting here. Um, they said that the residents themselves, who they interviewed, rated the level of care from clinical staff as excellent. And they noted their sense of safety within Onakura. Um now, they, they, the residents themselves actually also um, kind of um, basically expressed their concern to the Mental Health Commission that there hadn't been investment in the building. And one of the non-compliance issues in the report 
was that there was very poor maintenance and upkeep of the premises. Um, and for me, who pass, you know, I, I pass by Onakura usually a few times a week, you can see that it's it's fallen into neglect. And yeah. that is very much in, 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 you know, within the control of the HSC to address. Um, there, there's a lovely picture from 2014, I think it is, when uh, Kathleen Lynch visited. She was the Minister of Mental Health at the time. And she visited Onakura um, at that point, and the place was just so vibrant and so so well maintained, and it was almost unrecognisable from what it's like now. But I think it's been left run into a, a, a kind of a state of decrepitude. Okay, listen, no doubt we'll speak again, uh, Liam. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for that, and and thank you for advocating so well on behalf of the people who are living in Onakura and uh, who want to use the facility into the future. Thank you for that. Can I just make one point? You um, can, yeah. Trisha, just just very briefly. Um, we have a new management team in Cork Mental Health Services at the moment. We have a new uh, CEO um, nationally in the HSC, and I think there's a real opportunity here to take a new direction um, on what has been a really anguished um, process for the residents and families, and and not only for them, but for the many others in East Cork who require respite or they require longer term placements locally, um, who are now being left without a service for a minimum of you know several years so i would really appeal to those managers to to um you know adhere to the hsc's own policy and to uphold the rights of those residents okay and none of us know uh, Liam, into the future when ourselves our our family members might need the services exactly. of a place like onakara yeah. okay Liam, listen thank you for that and thanks for joining us Thank you very much, Patricia. Good morning to you. Texts and calls uh, coming in. This particular text uh, really touched me and actually the listener signed off saying thanks for listening to my rant and it certainly isn't a rant and I'm, I'm really glad you've reached out and shared it. And the message on the text says, I want to wish everybody heading to the Mallow Home and Garden Festival this weekend a lovely, happy time. I'm very sad this morning thinking of the many trips my late husband and I made but sadly now he's gone on with the last 10 years and I haven't been there since but I have such lovely wonderful memories around my own garden including a lovely fountain and nice ornaments which we purchased over the years at the Mallow Home and Garden Festival they were such happy days I think it might be the lovely weather that's bringing the great memories back and making me a little bit lonesome this morning thank you for listening to my rant as I say that's not a rant and it is so so understandable and those memories no will ever take those memories away uh, from you. I'm saddened that you haven't gone back there in 10 years. Maybe you would find it too upsetting because to go out there, you'd be all of the memories are you going to the Garden Festival along with your gorgeous uh, late husband. But hold on to those memories. And and as we have this lovely weekend, spend time in the garden and no doubt that's what you're doing and uh, thinking of him. And I always think when we lose a loved one, it's keeping those memories close in our heart. And that way, there's always a bit of them uh, still with us. But um, thank you. I'm thinking of you uh, today. And if I could give you a hug, if you can feel a hug coming out of the radio, that's what I'm sending to you now. Uh, thank you for your text by the way to 086 and still getting in texts and comments about the GAA and they are doubling down on clubs by sending out an email this week reminding clubs that you're not allowed to have any kind of competitions at under 12 uh, level and it's all runs under the banner of the Go Games and it's intended that children would play sports 
under 12 at G- with the GAA and that they would be non-competitive. Pat Infamoy says that he agrees 200% that children are of whatever age need to find their own metal and then they'll find their own sports. And he said that goes for every kind of sports. It's not just the, D- the GAA. And he cites the example of Irish dancing. He said if, if a child goes to a fish Irish dancing. They give out medals for everything. But at the end of the day, does it actually mean anything? Also, parents have a part to play as the first question that many parents will ask after collecting their child or their child comes home from school from a match. What's the first question that many parents will ask? Did you win? Did you win? And then and then if they did win, did you win by much? And then if they lost, what did you lose by? <laughs> so parents, and in fairness, the I think the GAA recognise that overzealous parents as well. They're not saying it's just the clubs. They, they do recognise it's the parents as well. Uh, JP says, uh, Patricia, underage sport is great for all children. It should build confidence in all that it... It should build confidence in all that... There will always be a certain, but there will always be a certain click that will push their little Johnny or their little Mary to the top. Maybe this will stop this at underage level and surely that would be a good thing. And I mentioned that uh, court case that went to the, the, the couple in swords in Dublin who took their local GAA club to the high court last year because their little ones weren't, their little boys weren't included in an elite, some kind of a blitz where they were travelling to Newry and uh, their two boys weren't included because they weren't deemed elite. They weren't deemed good enough, I suppose, to uh, play. Someone says, I don't agree with this sporting competition uh, rule. Kids actually like to win and it develops their intrinsic motivation. Even in their kick arounds out in the green, they play to win. I'm shocked that any parent would take a case like this to the high course to force their children's presence on a particular team. Equally, what child wants to see other children's faces looking less than happy when allocated a team member who just hasn't got the talent? And this parenting approach is not uncommon. Instead, why don't all parents take the time with their own children to identify what his or her particular where the particular strengths lie. Thank God my parents did that with me. I was completely hopeless at football and hurling, but my parents encouraged my siblings and I to try everything. Two of us went on to play inter-county basketball. Imagine if my parents saw GAA as the only show in town. I would have missed out on genuine success and its subsequent beneficial impact on my life. Everyone has their own unique way to shine. They need to be supported in finding it. Meanwhile, to paraphrase a well-known sporting hero, we need to develop our skills and winning attitude and not see sport through the prism of being there for the party. OK, well done. That's a really good uh, text. Uh, thank you for that. And then somebody was listening to Gary Martin of the food store in Bottevant who unfortunately got scammed on Monday by two very professional scam artists who certainly knew what uh, they were doing. And uh, it brought up the whole topic of those pay safe vouchers that pay safe because they've been scammed too many times or telling people to only take telling the retailers to only take uh, cash. Somebody is pointing out the government are pushing us endlessly to become a cashless society and to use debit and credit cards only. How will this happen when there's so many scams 
doing the rounds. There will always be a need for money. There will indeed. 0818 103 103. And I was wondering when somebody, if somebody would contact us about a story actually that I only picked up on yesterday. And this is to do with members of Angarda Siakona going to Disneyland. I think the headline, uh, they're going to be patrolling in Disneyland in Paris. John says, when I walk down Patrick Street later on, I'm now expecting to see Mickey Mouse Minnie Mouse and Goofy walking around as if they are Gardaí and they'll be patrolling our streets because members of Angardashi Corner are this summer heading to uh, Disneyland. Will Disney be coming to Cork? I don't think Mickey and Minnie will be patrolling Patrick Street. Okay, what this story is all about, John is right. Members of Angardashi Corner will be heading to Disneyland outside Paris this summer and it's to help out Irish holiday goers. Now where this story actually came from was it was Michael O'Toole who's the crime correspondent with the Irish Daily Mirror. He had a sit-down interview with the French ambassador who seemed to reveal more information than Michael wasn't even expecting. And seemingly the French ambassador started telling Michael uh, about this, this scheme that's going to see uniformed Gardaí patrolling not just Disneyland in Paris uh, during the peak seasons, but they're going to be going to other areas of France. Uh, uh, Michael from the Daily Mirror spoke with the French ambassador, Mr. Vincent Garand, and he said a pilot scheme that saw Garda working in northern France last summer was so successful that it's now been extended to other parts of the country and it is going to include the Disney theme park outside of Paris. So as well as Disney, uh, they're going to be sending Gardaí to Mount St. Michael. They'll also be in a tourist hotspot close to Paris and they'll also be patrolling in the Loire Valley in central France. The ambassador confirmed that the Gardaí will be deployed also to France during the Rugby World Cup, obviously, because there's going to be a lot of Irish supporters uh, coming over to matches. And the, um, the ambassador said the thought pattern is that the presence of members of Angardashi corner in France and they'll be out patrolling with officers from the gendarmerie, their own French police force, that it will assure give a bit of reassurance to Irish tourists and obviously they will be very recognisable because of their Garda uniform and if there's an Irish tourist in trouble and you saw a Garda patrolling on the street with the gendarmerie, you would be more inclined to go to the member of Angarda, uh, Siakona. Now the ambassador also revealed that French police officers he is hoping could also be deployed. We'll do it in reverse. They'll come to Ireland in particular. He's talking about them coming to help out with French students. Seemingly there's thousands of French students arrive here at this going to college, I'm assuming. So he's kind of thinking that if this is working for the Irish Gardaí going to France, why can't French come over here at the start? The French police come over the start of the academic year just to help out with the French Students And how it all came about was four members of the French police force spent a fortnight studying with student Gardaí at Templemore Training College in Tipperary in recent weeks. The French group consisted of an instructor and three trainees. And according to the French ambassador, the French policemen were blown away by the Garda's insistence on fostering strong links with the communities, with the police force. And they found it enlightening and an eye opener. And before you ask, for French policemen are, do walk around with guns. They are an armed uh, police force. If we do reciprocate 
and French police officers come here for the start of the academic year, they won't be using guns and they won't be carrying uh, weapons. And obviously when our Gardaí go to France this summer, they won't be armed either, but they will be patrolling with gendarmes who are uh, armed. Now, I know when I first heard the story yesterday and I can see the thought passion behind it. Yeah, it's probably great. It will give a bit of reassurance. A lot of Irish people go on holidays uh, to France. But you think at a time when we're hearing we don't have adequate guard the numbers and you know we're hearing about areas saying you know we need more guardie on the beat you just wonder is the timing of all this wrong and of course the headline is guardie wandering around to disneyland now you know there probably will be two uh, sent to uh, Disneyland but it's just the optics of it I think doesn't sit well hence the reason that John was on to us expecting Mickey and Minnie Mouse to be patrolling later on on Patrick Street John let us know if you spot him 0818 103 103 C103 Jobs Drivers are required at Dermot Casey Plantire in Mallow you need to have a C1 licence emails please to jobs at dermotcasey.com Electricians are wanted to carry out first and second fixed works on domestic and commercial projects. You must have your own transport safe pass and manual handling. Email info at premierlec.ie. CUH are holding an open day on Saturday the 10th of June from 8.45am for nurses to work in their expanding critical care unit. Now, previous ICU experience is not necessary, but you do need to book a place for that open day. You email clairecrowley8 at hsc.ie. And carpenters, so I wanted to work in Clonakilty. You must have your own tools and experience in first and second fix safe pass manual handling and abrasive wheels send your cv please to 087-165-0527 and that's how the job link is looking today you will find more details and further job opportunities if you go online just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more this is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Court today on C103. Now, a little over a week ago, a little baby who has been deemed a miracle baby by her family was born in the Cork University Maternity Hospital, weighing in at a healthy £7, 6 ounces. To share the story of miracle baby Riley. I'm joined by her very proud mum, and that's Georgina O'Shea. Uh, good morning to you, Georgina. Good morning, Patricia. How I, are you? I'm very well. Firstly, congratulations to you, to your husband, Ken, to your son, Leon, and welcome to the world, Riley. So I suppose the first question is, how is she getting on? She's thriving. Um, she's doing extremely well. She's a, a little, She's a little bundle of joy at the minute. Um, thankfully <laughs> long may it last and I think I can hear her is she in your arms at the moment yeah she's actually feeding oh I can hear her I can hear her and how are you doing fantastic absolutely fantastic um, recovery was was brilliant two days after I was able to get out and walk and do things so thankfully everything went to plan and recovery for myself is great and Riley is thriving massively 
That's brilliant. OK, now Riley is your second child. As I mentioned, you do have um, a son, uh, Leon. Um, so your second child, but not your second pregnancy. Take me back to when Leon was born. Was Leon your first pregnancy? Leon was my first pregnancy. So I gave birth to Leon when I was 16. So I was a teen mom. Um, everything was perfect, perfectly healthy. Labour was normal delivery. Um, no complications, very straightforward delivery, very straightforward recovery. Um, so there was never anything, I suppose, to suggest that there was anything wrong or, you know, everything suggested that my body was working as it should have been. And then when Leon was two and a half, we had our very first miscarriage. Um, we went to the doctors and, you know, we were told it happens nearly every woman has a miscarriage and you know not to worry my age was on my side so we had two after in within the next year year and a half um and when i went to the doctor then on the third one i was a little concerned and they told me again my age was standing to me not to worry about it you know you should enjoy yourself while you can um we moved to court then i suppose a year after and we found out we were pregnant again and I was sitting in the doctor's office in Cork and then doctor had said to me, oh, congratulations, you've got a positive test. And I remember just looking at the doctor and I said to her, you mean commiserations? And she said, why would you say something like that? So I had explained to her I had three miscarriages and because of my age, no one was taking me seriously. So that doctor actually put me in touch with uh, Professor Keelan O'Donoghue in the CUMH. And from the word gecko, Keelan listened to us. She helped us. She researched. She done every test that you can possibly think of. Um, and when everything came back normal, the only choice we had was to send our files then to the States. So Keelan arranged for a doctor in the States to go through my files to see where we missing anything. And the only thing that they could see was Either maybe my womb might have been rejecting the pregnancy or it could have been my immune system. So we tried a procedure for the womb, a scratch procedure. So just to shock it a little bit and to try and re-kickstart it, if you like. Um, that didn't work. Um, for the immune system then, steroids were at the time in trial. So we had sat down and went through the pros and cons of taking the steroids and we agreed we, we would try it. Anything was worth to try at this stage. Um, again, of no avail. They, they didn't do much for me. So the last pregnancy before Riley we had, everything was going okay. Bloods were fantastic. The count was going up as it should have been. So we had a little bit of hope, but then it ended in an atopic. And unfortunately, I lost one of my tubes. Um, and after surgery, the doctor just told me that my left tube was severely scarred. So the chances of me conceiving and having a normal pregnancy would be unlikely. Um, they never said I couldn't. They just said it would be unlikely that it would most likely end in another topic. Was that devastating? So that, sorry? Was that devastating? Oh, of course. Well, I was 31 at the time. And after going through... 10, 12 years of miscarriages and 
you know, the heartache and con- the pers- perseverance, just trying to push yourself through. Um, it definitely, definitely broke me. Um, but it was at a point I had a child at home and I kind of mentally said, you know what, even though he's going into adulthood now, he still needs his mom and dad. So it was for my own safety, I suppose, um, to give up mentally. And that's what we done. And for four or five years, we just kind of started to get on with life and started to do things that I suppose we would have never done, been teenage parents. Um, and we were starting to enjoy life. And then little Riley decides <laughs> she's going to put a spanner in the works, if you like. <laughs> and and can you remember when you discovered then you were pregnant on Riley? Was there this sense of, oh, God, here, here I go again? Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't. I had no indication that I was pregnant on her. Um, my younger sister found out that she was pregnant and I kind of jokingly said to my husband, I was like, could you could you imagine if myself and herself were pregnant at the same time? And we laughed it off for about a week or two. And then it suddenly dawned on me that I had missed the period. And I was like, OK, we'll do a test. So we done the test and the clearest positive test we've ever taken came up and there was a lot of emotions. It was up and down. There was, I cried more of fear. I just thought after going, having a five year gap and not been pregnant and not going through all the emotions and to kind of, in my mind, it was like, we're just kickstarting it all off again. Um, so they, we got in contact with the hospital and they straight away seen us. So Professor Dunhu took us in again under her wing and was scanning us every two weeks, the whole the whole term of the pregnancy. Um, but the first scan, we actually got to see Riley on the screen, yeah. which was something we never had. So there was a little glimmer of hope, but still more fear than hope. Um, the second scan, then we got to see our heartbeat. And it was from the heartbeat that my husband accepted. OK, we're going somewhere here. Um, I still didn't fully accept it until we were about 23 weeks because at 23 weeks I knew she was viable so had if I had have went into labour I knew there was a chance of survival so it was then that I accepted okay this is happening and <laughs> the you rush could, is on you could, we need to get everything yeah, done you could relax um, a, a little bit and and I was reading Ralph Regal's uh, piece it, did you have very quick labour? Uh, extremely yeah so they brought me in they induced me um, just they didn't want me going over the we were trying to get her here safe and sound. So they induced me at 39 weeks and two days. And we were expecting maybe two or three days of labour just because of the inducement. But the first gel actually worked within an hour. And When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The second gel they gave me six hours later, and the contraction started at 12. Uh, they brought me down to the labor ward at three o'clock and she was in her arms at four minutes past four. <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, she was desperate <laughs> to get out, that's uh, that's for sure. Now, I'm assuming, Georgina, that was must have been the most emotional moment of your life. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely. I I remember when she was born and they put her up on me and the only thing I could say is, oh my God, she's here, she's here. And I suppose I was probably saying that for maybe 10 minutes. We, I just couldn't believe it. But when she was born, I looked up at my husband and he was fantastic through the labour. But his face was just soaked with tears. So he he was actually crying as he was watching her coming out. So before she was even in the world, daddy was crying. Yeah, because we forget at, at times when we discuss miscarriage, we forget the impact the a miscarriage can have on the dads because it's all the focus, you know, and understandably so. The focus goes on the mother who's lost the baby, but the dad has lost a baby too. The dads don't get that support. They're like, for me, Ken was fantastic. He he put me through and he stood by me and he understood the ups and downs and the mood swings. And But there was nobody there to support him as in, you know, you're a guy, it's okay, get on with it. You, it was just, it was mentally tough on him. I had him as my mental support, but he didn't have anyone else on the outside. And of course, he wasn't going to lean on me because I was that bit more fragile. Um, so he dealt with, he dealt with all of that himself, like a trooper, like an absolute trooper. But that was the main point Back in 2018, you know, it's okay. Guys suffer as much as women. Yeah. Yes, we physically carry the babies. Yes, we physically go through the emotions, but they have emotions too. Yeah, I spoke with a dad many years ago. I think it was with the Miscarriage Association at the time and he was making that very point and he said that he remembered after his one of his wife's miscarriage going into work and everybody saying, oh, you know, how is Jenny doing? How is Jenny doing? And he said, you know, he was saying, oh, she's fine and whatever he was answering. He felt like screaming, why don't you ask me how I'm doing? And nobody did. Nobody. And I just thought it was it was heartbreaking. So I can understand when you say Ken got uh, so emotional inside in the in the Labour uh, ward. So and, and, and I think more than anything, uh, Georgina, and it, well, I'm right in the introduction, it was 23 miscarriages in total. 23 miscarriages oh my yeah, God. in total is what I had. Oh, my goodness. And, and each and every one of them as devastating as the, the previous one. You never get used to something like that. 
I did in a sense it I I suppose what I learned to do was build a build a barrier so what I used to do every time I fell pregnant was I would expect it to end in a miscarriage so even before the miscarriage would happen mentally I would have myself built up that it was going to happen um it just we never seen light at the end of the tunnel so I think that's my own mental mindset helped pull me through a lot of dark days as well but Ken and I every miscarriage we suffered we just threw ourselves into work and kept ourselves busy and that helped greatly as well but the, your message to anybody listening who is on that uh, journey, uh, Georgina, and, and you'll know what it, you'll know what it's like. Women who are have just recently suffered a miscarriage or has, have, have suffered a number of miscarriages. Uh, your message is never give up. No, never give up. Always have hope. Um, even if you have to reduce the hope for the sake of your own mental state of mind, that's OK, too. You can reduce that hope like I did. I suppose I gave up some hope, but never fully gave up the hope. It's a, a miracles, I suppose, Riley's proof miracles do happen. She she was conceived without any medical intervention. Now we did have we did have medicine through the pregnancy to help encourage the pregnancy. But as far as conceiving and the first seven weeks of her life, I suppose, she there was no there was no medicines. There was no. It was all natural. So your body has a funny way of adjusting to things and just, I suppose, maybe giving up that little bit of hope and that bit of pressure could have helped yeah. my body. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. But you never, never know. But no, she really, but she really is. Hope. She really is. I can understand why you were calling her a little miracle, because that's exactly what she is. And I could see lots of people saying what a gorgeous, gorgeous story, including somebody said, welcome to the world, Riley. Such a happy ending. May God bless her and all of the family. Listen, Georgina, I really appreciate you taking time out and uh, to Riley. I hope we didn't interrupt her feed too much. But thanks a million for joining us on the programme today. No problem at all. Thank Thanks you, for Patricia. that. Uh, bye bye. That is uh, Georgina O'Shea, who lives in Kilmichael with her so- with her husband Ken, her son Leon, and now little baby Riley. Now, any regular listener to this program will know that I'm a huge fan of Ireland's Fittest Family, the TV program. So I was thrilled to hear that Davy Fitzgerald is bringing a version of the challenge to Kildallery on Saturday, the first of July, to talk about what people can expect from Cork's Fittest superstars. The man himself. Uh, uh, Davy Fitz uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Davy. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and you're very welcome to the programme. Now, I believe you're only hosting four of these events, and this will be the only one here in Cork. So, tell me how you came up with the, the concept for it. Yeah, well, it, it, it's off the back of the TV show, being honest, Patricia. Like, um, I think it was over 11 years ago now we came up with the concept of Fittest Family, and I've probably been doing Fittest Superstars maybe six or seven years, you know. So um, it's where we come, we build a course pretty similar to some of the ones you'll see on Fittest Family and um, we get different groups then um, competing on that course for um, for whatever length of time it takes them. But listen, it's, you, it's a bit of fun as well as being a bit tough. Now, so how many on a team and how fit do they need to be? Well, there's four on a team anyhow, number one. Okay. The fitness levels have varied with different teams, to tell you the truth. Um, like, we, we, we'll get everyone around, that's for sure. You'd need a small level of fitness anyhow, that's for definite. 
but you you know what? I, like the courses, it's it's different. You need you need to be able to think your way around as well as being as well as being fit. And um, also, like it's a bit of fun. Some of it is fun. Um, when you're seeing someone up on a ten foot wall and you're trying to figure out how am I going to get the last person up there, <laughs> um, it, 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 it's 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 a bit of a laugh at times. It's tough at times, and that's the way we want it. That's the way sport should be, uh, in my view, is where it is tough, but also it is enjoyable. And how how is the team made up? Is there a sort of a criteria for who can be on the team and who can't? Yeah, well, there's different there's different age brackets. Like um, the one I did in Limerick last year, I, I think like you have to have uh, gender mix any either three males, one female, three females, one male, or two and two. It doesn't matter. There has to be a gender mix in it. Uh, also, in Limerick, the one we did last week, there had to be someone over 40. And then I think there was two, uh, one in 30s, one in 20s, and one in the teens. That was the one we did um, in Limerick last week. So there's there's different variations of it, uh, Patricia, to be honest. Yeah, but it's, it's to make it as fair as possible as well, rather than four gym boys who are all 19. Uh, Coming that along. Can't happen. No, 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 no. And it doesn't have to be families. That's what the difference with Ireland's Fishes family. It can it can just be a group of friends. Uh, now the yeah. the Fishes family style obstacle course is is that a definite? Uh, that's that's a definite. It's very like last week in Sydney Limerick. I'd say we the bones of fifteen hundred to two thousand people watching this for most of the day. We had serious amount of spectators, and it's funny they were all gathered near that ramp. Um, you know, the one you see in the TV show, mm. uh, trying to get some amount of them that was gathered there was unreal because you have people going up, falling down, you have people hanging off the top of it, trying to get up there. Um, you provided some entertainment for the day. I, like, as I said, I'm a huge fan of the television programme and it's that ramp at, at the end, that wall at the end. I just, it's, yeah. it's in many ways I'm looking at it saying how how cruel is this because they're exhausted by the time they get to the end of the obstacle course and then I find myself roaring at the television screen trying to help them up and I'm assuming that's what happens at your events it it was the same like as I said the one we did last weekend it was crazy the reaction from the crowd was absolutely mental there was a few people like we started at half nine last hour of the morning and our last team I think was at half seven Saturday evening um, so that's a long time and there was a lot of people there for a lot of hours and they got some enjoyment over it and they were it was like you they were roaring from to get up like <laughs> I remember one particular guy was nearly hanging there off the side of the ramp for maybe a minute and a half to two minutes and uh, we eventually gave him a small bit of a hand and got him up there okay. <laughs> and there is a financial incentive there is a competitive element to it and there's a top prize of 5,000 euro for the winning team yeah that's 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 very important there is. But to me, the biggest thing is the club trying to raise money to enhance their grounds to do what they do. Like, um, I think it's very important. We have to remember the young people that are coming. Like, the more we can keep them on the field playing hurling, camogie, football, wh- whatever sport it is, I think, Patricia, it's so important that we provide the facilities that can keep them off their phones, keep them off their tablets, and keep them out there in the open. So... That's the biggest thing for me is raising money for that cause. And I know there's um, a few thousand for the winners and that's that's vital as well to anyone that's serious about it. But there is two aspects that I think. Yeah, and it is a fundraiser. It's the Kildallery Festival Commission in conjunction with Kildallery GAA. Let me bring in one of the organisers. Uh, Louise O'Brien is on the other line. Good morning, Louise. Morning, Patricia. How oh, are you? I'm very well. How many teams have you signed up at this stage? And is there a limit on the number of teams? 
Yeah, so to date we have close on 45 teams registered for the events, which we're absolutely blown away by. Um, we've capped it at 50 teams because, as Davy said there, they were out last week from half nine in the morning to nearly eight o'clock that evening. So 50s are capped, so we have five spaces left there to fill. So we'd be hopeful now we're five weeks close to the event, so please God, we'll have more teams come forward and we'll have a full house on the day. And I was reading in this week's um, Avenue, the teams are not just coming from Cork. No, we, we've been blown away by the interest we've gotten it. Um, we knew it would be a really, really popular event, but to get a few teams from outside Cork has been brilliant. We have them from Limerick, Tipperary. We've one coming up from Kerry. Um, we've them from all over Cork, and um, we've a lot of teams coming from, we'll say, neighbouring rivalry clubs, which is, is great. It's creating great crack and banter, so it's been a great spread of teams. Obviously, we have a lot of local interest, but... It's very exciting to see teams from outside the area get involved as well. I'm telling you now, we can't have a team from Kerry <laughs> winning Cork's fishes Superstar. Well, I've heard they have a lot of training in going oh, on at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see now what happens on stage. OK, we've got to get training all the other uh, teams. And on Louise, on the day itself, it's very much a family day out. Absolutely. So, look, obviously, the biggest selling point of the whole event is, I suppose, Davy Fitz and his team. And I actually, in fairness to the guys, they kindly invited us down to the Limerick event last Saturday. So myself and a few of the committee members went down and after experiencing it firsthand, all I can say is everybody is really in for a treat on July 1st. Um, what Davy and his team pulled out on the day was just incredible. The excitement, the buzz. I mean, it was like an on the set of Ireland for his family. Brilliant. What you see on the TV is what you get on the day. So that's obviously the main event. And as Davy said there, the spectators that gathered around the ramp and all the other different things, like the hang tough is really exciting to watch as well. Um, but outside of that then, we're running a family day because we had loads of interest from so many people who are under the age 16 bracket. So we said, look, let's try get something that gets everyone involved. So there'll be a family zone where a few of the committee members have been working hard to put together as kind of a smaller obstacle style course. Great. Um, that will be available there for the kids. Um, it'll include its own famous mini hang tough challenge. And there's loads of different other family games. We went old school with, there'll be three-legged races, um, wheelbarrow races, stuff for everyone to get involved with. You have, um, you have, so to, th- you have the, to throw in the egg and spoon. I was always good at that. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. There'll be all sorts of stuff. Um, and we'll have food served for the day. There'll be an all-day barbecue. There'll be refreshments at bar. There'll be MC. There'll be music throughout the day. Um, so, look, there'll be loads there to keep everyone entertained. It's going to be a fantastic day out and it's Saturday the 1st of July. So we're about, about, right. fi- about five weeks um, away. And, Davy, I'm thrilled to see that Ireland's Fishes family is coming back because there had been huge talk at the end of this year's that, 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 that the RT were axing it. But the applications are open at the moment. Yeah, the applications are open and um, like I think there's only limited time, another week or two to, to get families in and we'd love to hear from anyone. And the one thing I'd say to you is don't be, don't be afraid. Get in there and have a go. It's, it's well doable. It's savage cracks, that is, and um, that's massive. Yeah, I know there was talk at the start of the year about it not coming back. Um, I think that was only something um, creating a bit of drama that there was no substance and to tell you the truth. Um, I think our figures have been very good and the viewers seem to be very happy. So uh, we were always confident that we'll get back. How many wins have you had? I've had three. Myself and Anna Geary are locked on three, so we are. <laughs> and how's, how is our Jonica doing? Ah, listen, the most incredible person ever. Um, Dunners is a great person to be around. Um, 
But I'll tell you, when he is to turn that switch and get competitive, oh my God, he <laughs> has it. Oh. He's, un- he's unreal. He's unreal. And just let me stay on TV uh, because your uh, toughest team programme, I, yeah. I thought that was incredible uh, this yeah. uh, year. Have you, have you stayed in contact with any of the young guys or how are they doing? Yeah, so like normally, maybe every five or six months, like I, I text the, the lads from, from season one, um, doing pretty well. Same with season two. We Brilliant. met the lads there about two months ago. We went go-karting in Dublin, had dinner afterwards. Um, they have my number. They can, they're told whenever they want, they can contact me. I have to be honest, Patricia, probably the best project I've ever done that I, I really, really um, have learned a lot. And it means so much. Like, Fitness Family is brilliant and I love it. Being involved in the GA is great, but this is real life stuff and you're getting to see every aspect of life out there. And um, I, I'm certainly learning a lot from being involved with the lads. Yeah, and it just shows when, when a little bit of help and encouragement is given to how young guys and, and girls can just turn their lives around. You're doing really well on that, so uh, congratulations. And obviously all the GAA fans, are. Uh, there's a slew of texts in. I'll sum it up with Jim saying, could you ask Davey, could he do Cork a favour and beat Tipperary on Sunday? <laughs> even? Listen, <laughs> I'm, going to be, I'm going to be trying. Like I, I'm disappointed how we've played this year with Wofford. I think there's a lot more in us, but we're getting to the root of the problem. But you can tell Jim... We will be trying. We're missing, I think, four or five, but I can guarantee you, I'd hope that we'll put in a massive, a massive game. I'd be really hoping we will um, put it in this Sunday. OK, I'm, I'm a Tipperary woman, so I'm getting offended by some of the comments <laughs> that are coming in saying, just one good game from Waterford, so somebody is what I we know, need. All I right, know. listen, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you, uh, Davey. You Enjoy your day out in Kildallery. Uh, Louise, how can people, how can, um, uh, very quickly, how can people, for those last few slots... Yeah, if anyone's interested to get involved, we have a very active Instagram page, um, Cork's Fit of Superstars. They'll find us there. Okay. Um, there we have a Facebook page as well. Um, so if they want to get in touch through any of those. And, I, um, we, and I've just spotted we've got your number on file as well. Listen, Louise, yeah. thank you for joining us and enjoy the day out as well. Um, Patricia, if you wouldn't mind, just before we go there, I just want to, if you wouldn't mind, a couple of seconds to mention um, the late John Tornell, who sadly passed away this week. Um, he was a stalwart in the in the Kildare community and I just didn't want to let the uh, moment pass without mentioning him. He uh, was a massive advocate for the village, the whole community and um, I know everyone is thinking of his wife Cathy and the family this week so I just wanted to give a quick mention okay. to that if you don't mind. May you rest in peace. Okay, thank you for that Louise and thanks for okay. joining us. Good morning. All right, thanks very much. It's our final day to give away a Fitbit in association with the Irish Heart Foundation. If you want to join me on air you need to call now 0818 103 103. Caller joins me on air. You'll be given 15 seconds to ma- name five things on a particular subject and if you do it within the 15 seconds you will win a Fitbit Inspire 3. And then later on in this hour, the, today's winner goes into the hat and one of our five daily winners gets their prize upgraded. They'll still get their Fitbit Inspire, but they'll get a top-up uh, prize of a night stay for two at Hotel uh, Kilkenny. And of course, the whole idea of the Fitbit is to try to keep us all healthy. Do you want to take part? Call us 0818 103 103. And the Irish 
Heart Foundation. The reason we've teamed up with them this week is they are trying to push the need for people, particularly people over the age of 50. You need to get your blood pressure checked. It needs to get checked at least once a year. You can do that at your GP. You can also do it if you pop in to your local friendly pharmacy because two in three people over the age of 50 actually have high blood pressure and the Irish Heart Foundation reckon of those two in three people over the age of 50 half are walking around and they are unaware that they have high blood pressure and actually somebody was on earlier uh, when I was talking about the last day of the competition to say if I can find the text uh, say please don't call out my name I won't Um, but I got a bloodshot eye it was over a couple of years ago and I ended up going to the doctor with this bloodshot eye because it wasn't clearing up only to discover that I was one of those people walking around with high blood pressure Yeah, because the thing with the high blood pressure is it generally speaking, there are no symptoms. Every now and again, you will have some people with symptoms. I didn't realise that that it could actually cause a bloodshot eye, but obviously it did. But thankfully, that listener went to the doctor and got it sorted out. OK, let me go to the uh, phone line where Claire Rafferty in Dunmanway joins me. Good afternoon, Claire. Hi, how are you? Happy Friday. And happy Friday to you on a beautiful Friday. I've got blue skies. Have you got blue skies in Dunmanway? Yeah, blue skies, it's extremely hot. I was just going to fill up the little paddling pool ah. to give it a couple of hours to heat up. Yeah, have you smallies? I do, I have two little girls. Are they, they're at school, are they? One is at school and one is um, at home. Okay, okay. And when, how, school holidays are another month, is it? Mm, I think the 20-something of June. The end of June. another bit to go. Yeah, <laughs> another bit to go. Okay. Um, do you do you own a Fitbit? I don't. I've always Great. wanted Well, here you go. Here is your chance. Okay. Uh, you have 15 seconds. I've got my clock ready. Okay. Uh, Claire in Dunmanway, I need you to name any five Irish counties. Go. Okay. Cork, Kerry, Clare, Galway... Dublin. Well done. Not a bother to you. Not a bother to you. Well done. You've won yourself a Fitbit Inspired 3 and the good news as well, Claire, is because today is the final day. You're our final qualifier for the €250 voucher for Hotel Kilkenny. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll be giving that away a little bit later on. Off you go. Absolutely epic. Thank you. Fill up that paddling pool and get your feet into it yourself. (laughs) Have a good weekend. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is Claire Rafferty in Dunmanway. And we need one final qualifier for the Mallow Home and Garden Festival for our super duper prize of a 500 euro voucher for Dulux paint with a colour consultant to come out to your house to help you pick your colour scheme. Okay, we uh, have based all of our questions this week on colour. We're doing the same today. It's by text and WhatsApp only. For the next 10 minutes, we'll take your entries. Black and white mixed together will make what? There's a nice easy one for you. Black and white mixed together will make what colour? Text or WhatsApp, we need the answer. So the colour first and you must put your name and address on it, please. 0862103103. Black and white mixed together makes what colour? 
we'll get our final qualifier for today and then we'll put the names into a hat and decide who's going to win the 500 euro voucher for Dulux Paint with a colour consultant to come out to your house and help you pick your colour scheme and of course as we've heard on the news there with Barry at 12 the Mallow Home and Garden Festival is now officially underway over 200 exhibitors incredible garden shows all the free seminars their own Peter Dowdle is doing daily seminars there's a vintage car show and remember as we heard they're collecting for the Parkinson's uh, Association there's a free bus service if you land in Mallow on the train and the Garden Festival runs at the racecourse in Mallow today the 26th tomorrow Saturday the 27th and on Sunday the 28th along with our good selves here at C103 but get texting and whatsapping black and white mixed together makes which colour text and whatsapps only please 0862 103 103 now before I go to some of your comments I'm going to go to the phone lines uh, where Dermot is on the comment line uh, good afternoon Dermot Afternoon. You want to kind of issue word of warning to people to be a little bit more careful when crossing the road. Yeah, I mean, uh, in relation to the recent um, situation, tragic situation in Charleville, I was coming through Charleville this morning, and on the Cork side at the traffic lights, the lights were red. Uh, sorry, the lights were green for for the traffic and red for the, for the pedestrians. And uh, there were two uh, elderly ladies on uh, on the side. Um, they went across one stop, and one just carried on straight across. Wow. Uh, up uh, in the middle of the town, uh, a man was breathing in sort of between cars, crossing from one side of the street to the other. And believe it or not, on the other side, on the Charleville side of the lights again, the lights were uh, green for traffic and red for pedestrians. A gentleman crossed the road. Uh, uh, now, traffic was slow at the time because there was a bit of a build-up. But this gentleman crossed the road, uh, grabbed a wheelie bin on the other side of the road and proceeded back across the road again, even though the pedestrian lights were red. So you're saying a little bit of responsibility on, ah, yeah, on people, behalf yeah. of, of people, uh, pedestrians. People have to, yeah. People yeah. have to take personal responsibility. And, and, and I do know the problem with Charleville is it's just constantly almost like uh, a car park with the amount of cars. I mean, God, it so needs the bypass or some kind of a, of a ring road. But you've just got to be so careful. Yeah, well, it's what's lucky in the sense if cars, if there is a uh, backlog of traffic, at least cars are not, are not, uh, are not Travelling, you know, it's at twenty kilometres an hour. They're just, they're just basically sort of moving along, you know. Yeah, but if the lights, if the the lights are red, then please look to the lights, and you only oh. cross. And there are pedestrian crossings, so use the pedestrian crossings. Is yeah. is the other thing? No, it's it's not it's not unique to Charlotte because I mean I, I'm in Car City in the mornings there, and uh, and actually I was in Limerick this morning and. Uh, uh, I was at the turning at the lights, and the next thing, uh, this uh, young lady passed uh, across right in front of me on her phone up to her ear. So, you know, people are going around with their sort of earbuds and everything, and they're not sort of recognising what's, uh, what's happening around them. Completely distracted. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, so listen. have to be more careful. That's you know? it. Okay, Dermot, thank you for that. Enjoy your weekend. No, I, I was talking there a couple of weeks ago about on the cigarette boats, and I rang Clark City Council, but I heard nothing back from them. They promised me a response. Oh, I, I remember back. that. Yeah, let us yeah. know when you yeah. hear back from them. Let us know. I, will, I, I, was t- I was talking with a friend of mine who's involved with um, uh, Tidy Towns in Mallow and they were out last night doing their usual yeah. uh, clean-up and she just said the, the cigarette butts are everywhere. In actual fact, I, was, I rang, uh, there was a company uh, on the, uh, one of the side streets off on Republic Street, three ladies last Thursday, was Thursday, Friday, Thursday, I think, um, and three ladies outside having a cigarette uh, treat them through the butts into you know, the drain 
there's a drain just outside the wire and up it went up and actually got a, got the telephone number of the company I rang them and I told them what they refrained from doing it but the drain was completely blocked with cigarette butts yeah, people seem to think drains are the place for it and they, but they end up in the water course as well and they'll end up blocking yeah. it and flooding and all of that. Crazy, crazy. Right. Anyway, yeah. Okay, okay Dermot, keep flying the flag. Yeah. Thanks a million. Thanks uh, for joining us. 0818 uh, 103 103. Let me go to some of uh, your calls that have come were coming in. We got reaction when I mentioned that piece about the gar- some members of Angarda Shikona will be going to France this year and they're going over to help Irish tourists and of course the headline is that they're going to Disneyland in Paris and they will some of them will be based in Disneyland in Paris but they'll be based in different parts of France as well and the whole idea is that if you are on holidays in France and you see a member of Angarda Siakona you'll recognise the uniform and if you're in a spot of bother you'll be more inclined to go over to a member of Angarda Siakona than say you will be to go over to a gendarmer that's the thought pattern uh, behind it Ian in uh, Glanmire says we don't have enough Gardaí on the beat in Cork at night particularly when the clubs are open and when the clubs close if you have two or three Gardaí on the streets you're doing well which is putting their safety into question along with members of the public why or oh why are we sending Gardaí to Disneyland in Paris when we don't have them on the ground in our own city. Ian says it's making no sense at all to Ian. And Marie, I'd say nearly fell off the chair when you heard me talking about Gardaí going to Disneyland. This is nuts. April the 1st, 2.0. Can we establish a Garda presence on Irish streets before we start to develop a presence in Disneyland in Paris or anywhere in France, including the Loire Valley? The Irish abroad have minded themselves heretofore. So what is going on when we can't get Gardaí on O'Connell Street in Dublin but now we are able to deploy them to France? The French gendarmerie is supported by their army and they have a strong public presence. So really, we are not needed there. I've spent a lot of time in France and like many other Irish people, was always able to manage. Moreover, Disneyland Paris has lots of customer service staff who assist everyone and some of these may actually be Irish. Yeah, they could be Irish, particularly working during the summer months. Any Irish person in any part of France who, if God forbid, they do get into difficulty, all they have to do is contact the Irish embassy in France. Meanwhile, in Ireland, more Gardaí are needed. Garda management or the Minister for Justice needs to stop what I think is a daft plan. Or is this the start of some kind of a pan-European police service, says Anne-Marie? Well, I don't think it is because when the... We only found out about it because the Michael O'Toole from the Mirror happened to spot a photograph from Temple Moor and he spotted in amongst the guards the recruits who were training to be members of Angarda Siakona, he spotted uniforms that he recognised as French gendarme. So he contacted Temple Moore, I think he contacted the Gardaí and they said, oh, you need to get on to the French embassy. So he got on to the French embassy, lovely ambassador there, says, come on in for a chat. And during the chat, the ambassador started to say, well, there's actually this scheme in place. And he then said he would like to see something similar happen. But at the moment, there's no plans for members of the French police 
service to come over to Ireland but he thinks it would be a good suggestion particularly around the start of term time when we would have a lot of French students who would come over here but so no I don't think there isn't a European pan-European policing yet but who's to say that that won't happen in the future Anne-Marie uh, for sure and someone else says Patricia the McCroom Gardaí could you find out if any of them gone over to uh, Disneyland because boy racers are still using the town it's like Ma- Mandela Park from 5.30 in the morning. There's no sign of Minnie Mouse here to help out bring on the fridge, says uh, a texter. And someone else says, Patricia, why not? Would the Gardaí not be better off employed back here in Ireland patrolling on our own streets? Some of our streets, it seems to be non-existent. We don't have enough Gardaí out on the beat. 0818103103. That's some of your commentary coming in on that. Uh, text and WhatsApp 0862. 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. Kaylee sits in the Marion Hall in Ballinhasic. They're on tonight. Dancing is from 9.30 with music by Andrew O'Connell and Matthew Kelleher. Admission is €10. Euro. The Fremont branch of the Irish Red Cross will hold a fundraising dance in Fremont Community Centre. That's tonight. Dancing is to Declan Anger. Doors will open from 8pm. Admission €10 euro and refreshments will be served. A day and night of music fundraiser for a sanctuary in Ballydehob is starting at three o'clock this afternoon. There'll be music from local performers and an open mic admission, eight euro at the door. And a mass to mark the birthday of St. Padre Pio at Enniskeen Parish Church will be celebrated at half seven this evening. Blessings with a relic of St. Pio will be from 6.30 and again after mass. And a Kishta Community Association, they've got a concert featuring the Sheep's Head Chorus and guest performers in Ahakisha Church tomorrow, Saturday at 8pm. Tickets are €15 and they're available by telephoning Helen at 087-782-8486. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. And all the comedians are out today. John has worked out why the Gardaí are going to Paris and to Disneyland. They're being sent to catch Tom and Jerry for speeding. All the comedians are out. Congratulations Nicola Milan in Ladies Bridge. Well done Nicola. You have become our fifth and final qualifier for our Mallow Homes and Garden Festival by correctly telling us that if you mix black and, gray to, uh, black and white together you get grey. So your name goes forward and in a couple of minutes we'll be announcing the overall winner for the 500 euro voucher for the Dulux Paint. And we also have to make a draw to decide who is going to win on behalf of the Irish Heart Foundation the voucher for Hotel Kilkenny. So all of our qualifiers stay tuned for that please. But well done to Nicola Milan in Ladiesbridge, our latest qualifier. And don't forget tonight, Friday night, it's the end of an era as Ryan Tuberty will be presenting his final Late Late Show tonight. And seemingly they're not giving everything away but we've been told there will be plenty of surprises in store. He's been hosting the Late Late Show now for 14 uh, years and of course he is bowing out just days before his 50th birthday which is on uh, Sunday. 
everyone is predicting that it is going to be an emotional finale. And I think when you look back at, we've only had two others, Skate Byrne and Pat Kenny, their last shows were emotional as well. One of the things I can guarantee is going to happen tonight is an interview with President Michael D. Higgins. And I'm assuming if it hasn't already been recorded, maybe it's been recorded this afternoon. But what, what Michael D. Higgins has invited Ryan Tauberty to join him in Orsanuk to run for the last interview and it's believed that the President will share his thoughts about the nation as we move on from the independent centenary commemorations and he'll explain why we must never forget the lessons of the past. But I suppose the big one is Ryan Tauberty has made no secret of the, fa- of the fact that the Beatles legend Paul McCartney is one of Ryan Tuberty's idols and it is his dream interviewee. He's never managed to interview Paul McCartney yet and people are wondering will Paul McCartney turn up on the final show and only time will uh, tell. But one thing is for sure, we're promised there's going to be plenty of nostalgia. There, For example, there's going to be past shows, past stars from the toy show, particularly the ones that have captured the the nation's hearts uh, he's going to be reunited with them I mean you can definitely expect our own little Adam uh, King from a Cork I'm, I'm assuming Adam is going to show up and I wonder that little girl Saoirse Runein remember the little girl she'd had her leg uh, removed and I know there was some very sad news earlier um earlier this year when it was announced that the cancer had a return so I don't know if she's going to feature but there are going to be some of the stars from the toy show are going to be there and then one of the things they're going to do they're putting together what they're calling a trad super group which is going to play Ryan out it's going to feature Andrea Kaur and Moya Brennan the Dubliners are going to be there. Uh, John, uh, uh, the Dubliners, John Sheehan is going to be there. Sharon Shannon is going to be there. And Daydan and uh, Frankie Gavin, that's going to be, uh, goodness, what talent they're all getting together there. But what they're saying is there's going to be plenty of other surprise guests in store. And even Ryan Tuberty himself is in the dark as to who will appear. So that will kind of point you to, are they going to pull off the big one and get Paul McCartney? If not to show up in, in person to the studio, maybe they could do something on Zoom. A, a Zoom, we're going to have to wait and see. Now, yesterday, Ryan Tuberty paid tribute to all of the past guests, to all of the viewers and to particularly his family. He said, uh, tonight is going to be a night of endings for sure, but beginnings for definite. He said, well, while I will be saying a lot of goodbyes for my last Late Late Show, he said it will also be a night of gratitude. He said gratitude to all of the people he's worked with, who he'll continue to work with and their families. And he said enormous gratitude to all of the guests and the artists and the singers and the people who've come through the doors and graced us with their presence. And of course, he said his greatest gratitude is to his family who have been so loving and patient and has been his greatest supporters. He said they are the ones he's going to dedicate his final show to uh, tonight. He said he's humbled, he's grateful, he's excited because it's the end of one phrase of what's been an extraordinary, exciting life uh, that he's had so far. And then he went on to talk about turning the big 5-0 on Sunday. So he said it's a perfect time to look ahead and welcome a new uh, chapter. He's still not ready to share what that next chapter is going to be, but he's going to take a little bit of time off and uh, reflect. And he said his final words about his final late, late show is simply going to be Thank you. And I imagine he'd probably have one of his biggest audiences tonight that he's ever had. 0818 103 103. Uh, John Paul taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862 
You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. And just before we join Mark Malone to talk movies, I want to give our overall winners our two competitions and I don't want to get these mixed up. Let's start with the Fitbit winner. This is the Competition Association with the Irish Heart Foundation. Five listeners this week have won for themselves a Fitbit Inspired 3. Five names have gone into the hat and one lucky listener is getting their prize upgraded to a €250 voucher for Hotel Kilkenny and heading to Kilkenny is Sinead Cronin from Shanna Crane in West Dunmanway. Congratulations Sinead Cronin, West Dunmanway Sh- Shanna Crane West in Dunmanway. You are heading to Kilkenny and then for the Mallow Home and Gardens Festival there's been a huge, huge reaction to this competition. So many people would dearly love this prize of a 500 euro voucher for Dulux Paint with a colour consultant to come out to your house to help pick your colour scheme. Five names have gone into the hat and it's actually today's qualifier. Nicola Milan from Ladiesbridge. Congratulations to you, uh, Nicola. Your house will certainly be spruced up in the coming uh, weeks. Well done, Nicola Milan in Ladiesbridge getting the Dulux Paint for Mallow, Home and Garden and Sinead in Dunmanway winning the night away in Kilkenny. OK, let's turn our attention to movies. Mark Malone is with me. Good afternoon, Mark. Oh, yeah, I've got a Fitbit, but um, I never read. Do you know when you put it in at the start and they say how many steps a, a day do you want to do? And you yeah. go, ah, oh, 10,000. No, yeah. Never did it. Have you not? No. <laughs> I do, I do 10,000 every day. Oh, my goodness me. Well, that's why you're as skinny as a rake, well, you see, probably. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah well, well, you see, don't set yourself up for a fail. Yeah. Put your Fitbit back on and lower it. Come down and maybe go for 8,000. All right. Well, I'll, I'll do that then. See how you get on with that. OK, <laughs> you went to the movies uh, and you watched a movie called Fast X and the second movie is Your Place or Mine. OK, let's take a trailer from <laughs> Fast X. Dominic Toretto. You're about to learn all about fear. Punch it! We're locked inside! All right, dorks, what are we blowing up? That's a bomb! The Vatican? Wow. You guys are going to hell. Let's go! The game's over, Dom. Last ride. You made one mistake. You never took my car. You are not to be trusted. Hey, you ain't on my Christmas list either. Well, anything with Vin Diesel uh, in it. This is bang, bang, you're dead and lots of explosions and things happening. Mm-hmm. It is indeed. Very fast paced. Because it's fast and furious, you see. Yeah. So this is Fast and Furious X or 10, although there's been 11 films because there was a kind of an offshoot with uh, Hobbs and Shaw at one stage. I'm going to ask you, I know you, I ask you this kind of stuff no, all the time. No, you've, you've never seen any no, one of them. I, th- I think I did. I think at one stage I tried to half watch one of them, but they just <laughs> don't appeal to me. It's not. Yeah, if you're not really I'd into this kind of stuff. i fall asleep in the middle of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it started off as a bunch of boy racers 
pictures and then they decided as the films made more and more money they thought well what are we going to do now and they thought well do you know what we'll do we'll make them into Mission Impossible movies we'll make them into Bond movies so boys who were just basically kind of racist and could fix cars could suddenly kind of you know uh, pilot uh, nuclear submarines which they do by the way uh, throughout the series they actually steal a nuclear submarine and then pilot it around the world uh, because that's the kind of thing they do and of course the films just became more and more ridiculous as time went on they're all modern day MacGyvers Exactly, yes. And yes. Um, but it's just too ridiculous kind of an extent. I mean, so, so you know, and I've said this before, I think, you know, I always think some of the writers of these things, they just sit around kind of just giggling to each other, do you know what I mean? And saying, this this is ridiculous. I mean, you would think that the producers or the directors at some stage kind of turn around to the writers and go, you know, this is impossible. This is nonsense. And they go, yeah, I know. <laughs> Isn't it great? Is that the charm of them, though? No, well, it depends. By the attraction? I, not particularly, because I get offended by them. Uh, and that's the problem when I kind of thought, okay, this is too ridiculous for even my, you know, um, uh, liking. Look, I'm going to give a bit of a spoiler. Uh, there was a scene in the last film, which I don't know if you saw or not, but they went into space with a car. They struck, <laughs> they attached a rocket to the car, went up into space to uh, to destroy the satellite. And you're just thinking as you're watching it, and you're thinking, I, I mean, really, I mean, but they obviously Even think, Top Gear wouldn't have tried that. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's a nonsense. There, you know, there was a scene in a, an earlier film where they outrun um, a, a torpedo, where, you know, and it just, compl- and, and just... It's the way they just completely to kind of ruin the laws of physics and human biology because, you know, nobody dies. There's a scene in this film where there's a huge explosion in the middle of uh, Rome. And um, and so we then get this kind of montage of reports from the news going saying, luckily, nobody was hurt. And you're like, what? Yeah, that can't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so basically in this one, uh, it's all about Jason Momoa, really. His um, father was killed by Vin Diesel a good 10 years previously. So now he has decided to take revenge on um, Dominic Toretto, played here by Vin Diesel, and his family. Because, of course, family is really, really important to Vin Diesel and uh, Dominic Toretto. In fact, the word family apparently is said 56 times (laughs) in this film. Now, the sequence with the bomb in Rome, I thought, was very, very good. I mean, usually I'm you know, I'm somebody who kind of harps on constantly about I want more character-driven films, do you know what I mean? And I watch so many terrible action movies. But some of the action sequences in this are very, very good indeed. And the one that's in Rome, even though there's an awful lot of CGI, I was really, really excited by it. I mean, I thought it was really, really good. But I, I actually thought after it, I thought, ooh, maybe you should have kept that to the end of the film because, you know, now, what are you going to do now? And there are some action sequences. There are plenty of them. A lot of hand-to-hand combat, which I have to admit I do kind of find uh, very, very boring. But Jason Momoa is having, uh, the, you know, this is the, the the role of his life. Do you know what I mean? He's having a great time as this bad guy because he's completely over the top and um, and very kind of comedic. He's got, his hair is in kind of curlers or, or in pigtails and he's wearing pink all the time and rings and, uh, you know, diamonds. And he's very, very funny and he's having a, a terrific time. Uh, the budget for this was $380 million, would Ooh, you believe? But look at the cast is incredible. That's what I was just about to say. Surely it went to the cast. you got Vin Diesel, Jason Momoa, Jason Statham, John Cena, Brie Larson, Scott Eastwood, son of Clint, um, Helen Mirren is in it, Charlize Theron is in it, Marie, Rita Moreno at the age of 92 uh, from, um, of course, West Side Story all those years back. Yeah, uh, she yeah. makes an appearance as well and uh, is still absolutely lovely and wonderful and gorgeous. Um, look, you know, it's one of these movies that's, you know, it's it's a Fast and Furious movie and it gives you exactly, um, you know, what, what you'd expect. On the tin. Exactly. And to be brutally honest, I think it's better than uh, some of the recent 
decent ones. Okay. Which, uh, you know, most of the stunts you think, fine. There's one where he goes over the, the top of a, of a dam. Uh, now, the dam is almost vertical, but so for some reason, again, the laws of physics don't mean anything to him and these cars, but he's able, he's able to drive down it. It's in, the, um, it's in the trailer, by the way. And so you do think, oh, come on, really. And then the film ends, by the way. And I want to point out, because uh, I didn't realize, but uh, there will be a sequel to it. And in fact, uh, they're thinking that it might be a trilogy. Um, so you'll have to wait to see what happens with the, the next film. And they haven't it already filmed, which they often do, no? No, they haven't. They're, no. they're actually going to have to take some time and uh, kind of have a quick think about it. There are a couple of mid-credit sequences which kind of do um, kind of foretell what might happen in uh, the sequel. All in all, I think it's one of the better ones of recent okay. times. I wasn't deeply offended like I am a lot of the time. There are a few sequences which I thought were very, very exciting and very, very well done. A lot of CGI, but the CGI is very good. And in the end, I think it's uh, one of the best of the whole sequence. Yeah, and, and Fast and Furious fans will certainly love They'll it. Then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, mark it out of 10. I give it 7. And it's Fast X, that's Fast 7 X. out of 10. Now, your place or mine, this is Reese Witherspoon. It's a rom-com, so I decided yeah. to do a rom-com ah, because well I haven't done one in quite some time because yeah. I like a rom-com. You do, you do, you, know do, you do. Your feminine side comes to the fore <laughs> when you look at rom-coms. Yeah, and uh, you know, she made a, she made a, a Sweet Home Alabama, wasn't it, with yeah. Reese Witherspoon, which yeah. I love. I think, yeah. it's a, I think it's a terrific film. I like her. I, just, I think she's lovely. I think yeah. she's wonderful. She's very, very good. The girl next door and she's just really nice. Exactly, and I think she's um, she, she has got a lot of charisma and she's got, you know, she's a star. And um, uh, and she's very, very good in this, I, I'm, I'm glad to be able to say. Uh, this is written and directed by Aileen Brosh McKenna. This is her first film. And obviously Aileen has um, been very, very influenced by the films of Nora Ephron. Now, if you're going to, uh, you know, be influenced by anybody when it comes to rom-coms, it might as well be Nora Ephron, whose rom-coms I really like very, very much indeed. You know, remember Sleepless in Seattle? Oh, I love you know, Sleepless in Seattle. You've got Mail, which was another yeah, very good movie. Yeah, great one. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, for example. Uh, so we have Reese Witherspoon here and we have Ashton Kutcher so basically think Tom Hanks and Mick Ryan and um, and so Reese uh, she's living in Los Angeles she's a single mother with her son uh, she is an accountant uh, doesn't earn a huge amount of money even though our house our kitchen in her house is bigger than our whole house do you know what I mean it's one of those American <laughs> houses and she decides that she wants to go to New York because she wants to further her career uh, by going back again to school to try and um, kind of um, earn more money uh, as an accountant. Also living in uh, uh, New York is Ashton Kutcher. Now, he is a hugely successful businessman. Of course he is, because he wouldn't work at a shoe shop around the corner. And he lives in these kind of huge apartments which overlook kind of the Brooklyn Bridge, for example. You know what I mean? And, um, and so he's there. She says, I've got to go to New York for a while. Uh, he says, I'll come to Los Angeles. And whilst you're in New York, I will look after your son for a few days. We find out that the son is kind of mollycoddled by his mother, by uh, Reese Witherspoon. He has a lot of problems. He doesn't really have any friends in school. She doesn't let him kind of play hockey because it's too dangerous. Um, he's got all these allergies, for example, to so all, all these foods. a helicopter mom. Exactly. So she goes to New York and in the, uh, so Kutcher comes to Los Angeles. Now, I should point out, they don't meet in the film okay. uh, as we saw in You've Got Mail for example yeah. with Nora Ephron and so there's a lot of kind of split screening here as they kind of communicate by, by phone uh, split screening which was used also in uh, Nora Ephron films it was used in You've Got Mail and it was also yeah. used in When Harry Met Sally yeah. uh, and in fact there's actually one scene do you remember 
the pajama game at all with Rock Hudson I and do, Doris I Day. Do. There's a very famous yeah. scene where they're in either, the, they're in their baths. Yeah, and not the, the same one. And the split screen. Yeah. they recreate this whole scene uh, completely. Now, okay. one of the criticisms of the of the film is that uh, there's no real charisma between them. There's, you know what I mean? And I think that's unfair because they're very rarely on screen. I mean, how can you kind of do that? How can uh, you know? The, 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 how can you kind of engineer chemistry when you're not on screen at, Together, at the same yeah, time? Yeah. But I think uh, you know they do pretty pretty well. Of course, he comes to um, Los Angeles starts to look after this young boy and completely course changing his life you know bringing a kind of um, uh, a male kind of father figure uh, into his life which is possibly what uh, he needed um and in the end, it's fine. It's it's not it's not as good as any of the Nora Ephron uh, films. Uh, I don't know where they filmed and what parts of New York or Los Angeles they filmed these, but uh, it is the cleanest, most uh, middle class parts of uh, Los Angeles and uh, New York I've ever seen. There's no homeless, uh, you know. There's no, um, there's nothing kind of you know untoward about uh, what we see on screen. Everything's in, wonderful in the world. Everything is wonderful in the world, and it's all right. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not brilliant, um, but it's completely fine. It hasn't been very well received by the critics. I think it's down about thirty percent in uh, Rotten Tomatoes but I think it's better than that I think she does her best the, the writer-director to try and kind of bring uh, the, you know, the spirit of Nora Ephron back again which is fine by me and it is absolutely fine it really is both leads look very good and I think they're both good uh, Steve Zahn has this um, uh, really nice kind of cameo as this kind of uh, hippie gardener who works in her garden he's quite funny and, and all in all do you know if you love a rom-com yeah. and if you were a fan of Nora Ephron and her type of films I think you'll enjoy yeah, it like, Yeah it's a rom-com at the end of the day yeah. I think so some of the critics sometimes they, they expect too much from what from what yeah. it is. Okay, your place or mine, Mark, you're under 10? I give it, give it six. Six, yeah. okay, six out of ten. Okay, thank you for that, Mark. Have a lovely week. And uh, we will chat with Mark again with more movie suggestions next uh, Friday, 0818 103 103. When I mentioned the final late late that is on tonight, normally family members, if you think back to the Gay Burns' last late late and Pat Kenny's last late late, you know, they were joined by uh, family members. Uh, somebody has, I, I don't know where they're getting this information from, but says Ryan Chopperty's mother was expected to attend tonight, but she's unfortunately had a bad fall and she's not going to be able to attend, which is going to be tough because she'll miss out on his big birthday bash because no doubt there'll be a big cake with fi- with 50 for his 50th birthday on Sunday. Oh, that's sad uh, to hear. And just on the crossing of the road and people not using pedestrian crossings prob- properly, somebody says, Patricia, people just walk out across the marked crossing in Mill Street town. You get some people, not all. They never look one way or the other. People need to cop on. They need to be more careful. Also, where have people's manners gone. People need to be more mannerly. That's where I wrap it up for this week. Very much looking forward to going to the West Lodge Hotel in Bantry tomorrow night. I'm uh, helping out at the Mayor Danny Collins, his charity dinner which is on tomorrow night and of course it's a big fundraiser for two great charities, Cancer Connect and the Bandon Hyperbaric Oxygen uh, Centre. If you're going along tomorrow night I look forward uh, to seeing everybody there and of course the award winning broadcaster Colin O'Regan will be MC and there's also a cameo role by celebrity comedian Bernard uh, Casey and I won't be telling jokes you'll be delighted to hear okay my thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing for today and indeed for this week Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and if you're heading out to the Garden Festival make sure you've got sunscreen on because it's a hot day out there and the forecast for the weekend is great until Monday at 10 I'm Patricia Messenger very good afternoon Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.